Good morning, everybody. Hope everybody is well. We were talking about. Welcome to the boost. Hope, was, hope everyone had a great day. I jumped right in too quick. It's great to have you on. It's great to be here together. We were talking about times of plenty, times of famine. This happens at everything in life, I think. As soon as things get good, we forget. It happens all the time. It happens in history. It happens in the economy. It happens in life. When you're feeling healthy, you forget. When you get sick, you remember. Then you feel healthy, you forget. Times of famine, times of plenty. When life throws you challenges, you remember what's important. When life stops throwing you challenges, you forget what's important. When business is tight, you learn how to how to make things happen at a little. When things are good, you forget how to do that. Times of plenty, times of challenge. What ends up happening is that most of us live in one or the other. And as soon as one comes, we forget about the other. You ever you ever get like some kind of stomach something? You ever have that? And you're like, you vow to never eat bad food again. And then you feel better. And like right away, you're like, what? I never said that. And then when your family's like, yeah, you did. Like you said it like a hundred times today. Like you just, and by the way, you weren't feeling well like five minutes ago. Like all of a sudden, like you feel better. And you go back to eating like that, and like, what happened? You're like, I don't know what you're talking about. I feel totally fine. And I'm in times of plenty. You don't remember the famine in times of plenty. Unless the famine was really bad. My grandparents remember the famine. That's for sure. The, the brilliance of the Joseph move, the brilliance of the, the Joseph's interpretation of the dream was that he was the only one to understand that there is a there's a, there's a concentric circle in between times of plenty and times of famine. That's where greatness lies. When you are thinking of famine, not in a negative way, when you're planning for a famine when you have plenty, then when there's a famine, you'll have. When you are in times of peace, and you're building your country and you're preparing your army then if there's ever a time of war you're much greater along the way you'll keep your city because you prepared for war before war when you think of practice before the game and you get to the game and it feels like practice I once, went, I once read a stat about Tom Brady who was like at that point like a three-time Super Bowl MVP, like three-time Super Bowl champion, maybe two-time MVP. Like he was like totally killing it in in his career. Times of plenty. And he spoke about how in practice he would feel like he would just get cut every. Like he he would fear if he'd have a bad practice, just getting cut. Like as if you're a Super Bowl MVP. Your franchise player gets cut because of bad practice. That's how he saw it. 
again, it can it can lead you off the deep end, but just stay into the world of like normalcy, health, and common sense. Just being aware that there is going to be a time where you get cut. There's going to be a time where someone's better than you. Keeps Tom Brady focused during times of plenty to never forget times of famine. Right? I think he was like picked in like the fifth round or the tenth round of the draft. Like he was picked really late. He remembered what it's like to get looked over. He remembered what it's like to get cut. And he knew that that day was coming again. And so even though he was during a time of plenty, he was enjoying the success of his career, in his head he knew that there was famine. So let me maintain that mentality of taking nothing for granted. Even though the world is fawning over me. And when you think like that, you end up having his type of career. Watch how this plays. You ready? When I'm dating, at any moment you can break up with me. So I'm always on my game because I'm dating. Times of famine. You don't have. You're searching. You're dating. You look good. You get dressed up. You say the right things. You're on. Someone messes up. You don't get mad. When I'm married for 15, 20, 30 years, come on. When a person thinks, and I'm not saying we think this way, and I'm not suggesting anyone's got this, but when somebody who's married for 20 years thinks like someone who's dating, okay, again, common sense. There's always like common sense. He looks at his spouse, or she looks at her, his, she looks at her spouse, and she's on. Again, she has to be herself. There's a certain level of vulnerability that you don't show in dating, of course. But when you maintain that feeling of why shouldn't he or she get the best version of me every single day? Because they've locked in for the long-term plan? There was a great rabbi named Revel Yashiv. I believe it was Revel Yashiv. You'll correct me if I got the wrong great rabbi. I believe it was him, though. One day he was walking home from yeshiva, from the study hall. And he was with a young boy, a young, you know, not boy, uh, you know, a yeshiva student, a 25-year-old guy. And as custom, whenever a major rabbi would walk home from something, some student would follow him because you'd get a few minutes to talk with the rabbi. So this 20-something-year-old who is not married walked the rabbi up into his door, his apartment door in Jerusalem. And he noticed when, the, when he got to the apartment door, the rabbi stopped and he adjusted. He was wearing a hat, a fedora. He adjusted his hat. He brushed off his clothing. He fixed his tie. And like he straightened himself up. The student said, oh, there must be like... I don't know, a meeting taking place in here. 
like you know there could be like a meeting of important people that the rabbi's remembering is sitting in his living room so he's like getting ready for them so he says to the rabbi i'll leave and he goes no you don't have to leave he goes no no, no. in case he goes no you, you can come in with me he goes you sure i don't want to interrupt the meeting he goes what meeting he goes you were just fixing yourself up i'm sure there was a meeting inside he goes oh no i'm just coming home and he goes but who's in the house to see you there's nobody here. he goes my wife and the, the yeshiva student like sort of like chuckled and this probably 85 plus year old rabbi says what when i was dating my wife gets to see me dressed up and now that she married me for many years she doesn't get that same privilege this is one of the biggest rabbis in the past hundred years this isn't some guy i'm in plenty but I don't take it for granted. I'm on. I'm capitalizing. I'm humble still. This rabbi was humble. I'm in plenty. I have a woman who's dedicated her life to me. We're, we're 85 years old. I'm not a young kid dating, but still, I don't take her for granted. That's how you become an incredible leader. When you have... It doesn't ruin you. It doesn't it doesn't make you arrogant. You don't take it for granted. You don't you don't you don't expect it. It's a big issue in everyone's mind. It's life. And this is a, the all the incredible psychology professors and researchers in the world of positive psychology speak about this all the time. The shifting of the baseline right your happiness is based on your expectations when you get something what you do is you have a momentary increase of happiness because the baseline that you have the expectations that you have is lower than what you get right if you come from a country that is you know poorer than your country that you live in right now you land and you're like i can't believe it this is amazing what you expect your baseline is lower than what you get. You walk into a hotel for the first time and you get service and you go here and you go there. Oh my gosh, when you get a gift, when you get into a new school, when you have a new relationship, when you live your life and somebody gives you something, when you get a child from God, right? You get a child and you're like, you try to put it together. Like where'd the kid come from? And like you're you're trying to wrap your head around the miracle called childbirth. Like you just can't even begin. Like how did this all? And you have it. You have your the base. There's a spike in happiness. And then what happens is you you just adjust the baseline. Now your life has everything plus that, and now that becomes your baseline. And all the extra stuff you have, you stop appreciating because. You wait for the next stuff. Times of plenty, you just, you live with plenty. But when it doesn't ruin you, which I say more accurately, when it doesn't ruin us, because I'm well part of this, when we don't take it for granted, when we don't forget to be happy, when we appreciate the little things that we have, when we realize that it can go in any second, when we realize that famine can come in a moment in a moment we live not in plenty and not in famine we live in the middle 
we live in the middle. Now, you could live that way negatively and always be worried and anxious, or you could live that way positively and always be appreciative and always be capitalizing and never take it for granted and enjoy every single moment like it was your first and maybe your last. In fact, another great rabbi, if you, mind, if you don't mind me quoting great rabbis, his name is Rabbi Noah Weinberg. He's the dean and founder of a great organization called Eish HaTorah. He said that if you want to know how to make your relationships meaningful, it's a little extreme. You may want to be sitting for this one. He said, whenever you say goodbye to your family, pretend as if it's your last time. It's, it's insane. Not insane. It's extreme. But if you just think a little bit like that, you won't, you're not going to be fighting. You're going to show them extreme love. You're going to appreciate them. Can you imagine? You go if you go too far with these examples, you'll lose it. But like, can you imagine? Like, do you know? Do you know for sure? With God's help, it'll be okay. I mean, like, do you know? Do we know anything for sure? When you walk away from the people that you love and you assume it's your last time, you treat them differently. You live in the middle between plenty and famine. You live in what we would call the Joseph zone. That's where he found the wisdom. When you live in between plenty and famine, when you live in that zone in a healthy way, you see the world differently. You use times of plenty. You don't just enjoy. You, you, you delve into it in a much deeper way. And you, you leverage these times to catapult you into times of challenge. All right, we'll talk about this. All right, everybody, have an amazing day. With God's help, I cannot wait to see you again tomorrow. Have a great day.